Hello, hello again. Give me 10 podcast coming at you from Bluff Park, Alabama. Hope everybody's doing well. Hola. So we are going to preempt regular scheduled programming. Regular scheduled programming that we were the show we were gonna do today until next week to talk about a subject that is near and dear and close to my heart. Very sad news that was announced on July 3rd this week. Mad magazine is gonna be ceasing publication of original content. After I think sixty-seven yeah, years, 70, or yeah, almost, almost 70. seventy years, um, so very, very sad. I posted a uh, lengthy farewell on social media, but I thought it would be remiss of us not to talk about it on our podcast. So that's what we're going to do today. We're going to talk about Mad Magazine. I, I asked Jim. I said, "What you know? Do you read Mad growing up? Like, what are your memories?" Um, so I will readers digest mine so far. When I was a kid, the um, Big B Drug and Rocky Ridge yeah. had a big magazine section. There was always really, really cool comic books in there that um, that I was allowed to read. But for whatever reason, my mom didn't think I was ready for, for Mad Magazine at the time. And so that made me want it even more. <laughs> Finally, um, after I turned eight on the way to the beach, she had bought me a copy and let me have it to read on the ride down. And I just, I thought it was the greatest thing ever. And I read it and laughed and thought it was fantastic. And so I read it for years and years and years and years. Lowell Reader. I never had a subscription, but I bought it every month. Um, did you do that under the table without, or did your parents eventually? No, at that, at that point, I, at that point, I think they were kind of fine with me doing whatever. They were fine with I me. I just wonder if that's why you didn't get a subscription. You just would go sneak off and buy them. And... <laughs> no, I just, I never, I get, I don't know why I never got a subscription. Um, I just kind of think maybe at the time I, I don't know why. I don't know why I never did. I can't remember like what my thinking was or why I specifically chose. But not, anyway, I not interrupted to do you. It. You read them forever. No, you're good. I read them forever until I guess I got into high school and just kind of lost interest. And when I moved out of my parents' house, I took like all my comic books, books, Mad Magazines, everything, and put them in the recycle bin. What? Dude, yeah, I'm telling you, so much great stuff from my childhood got shit canned that day. You threw because... away your own nostalgia bin instead of your mom doing it when you moved <laughs> off. That's what happened with mine. I don't think she threw. Uh, she she kept a lot of things, but I think she kept the things that. Um, were important to her and not necessarily things that were important to me, if that makes sense. Like yeah. things, like childhood memories that yeah. she treasured, not think like she didn't give a shit about. Well, why did you magazines. do that? Why did you? Were you like I'm a man? I don't need these. No, I don't. I don't think it was. I don't think it was a cluttering thing. I think it was just at the time I was moving out of their house and into my own place, and didn't have space for it all. I just think as a, a you know, I think I was 19 at the time. I think that I didn't have the long game view of life like I have now. Yeah. I think that honestly, I just didn't think about how much you'd miss that. How stuff much I'd miss that stuff when I, you know, when I was, you know, more than, more than twice that age now. Um, but I just, I just don't think I ever really thought about ever wanting those things again or how important it would be or how much, how big of a part it really played in my life, honestly, just in terms of shaping my sense of humor and, uh, distrust uh, for authority and the, the need to be irreverent and kind of, um, you know, poke fun at things. And so I just didn't really think about it at the time. I didn't, I mean, I, like I said, I got rid, rid of a bunch of books and t-shirts and just, I just, I 86, a lot of stuff cleaned that house. day. Yeah, just kind of cleaned too, house yeah. when I was moving yeah. to have a minimal amount of stuff to move in. But, um, years later I decided to buy that first issue I had, which is the one with Hulk Hogan on the cover and, oh, yeah. or one of the one he was on the cover several times, but, uh, I bought it and I really enjoyed it. And I just kind of realized what a, um, bonehead move I'd made by getting rid of all that stuff. So over the next, I guess it took me five or six months of looking on eBay and, I was able to buy some single issues, but I also would look for lots that had a consecutive run. So if it was, you know, 14 issue run, I would buy that. 
um, or like even a five issue run. And I ended up with only ended up with a couple duplicates, surprisingly. Wow. Um, but there were some that I had to buy singly, and for some reason there weren't a lot of them available, or they were more expensive. So sometimes I would get a lot of fourteen for twenty five or thirty bucks, and sometimes I'd have to pay that for a single issue. Really? Yeah, sometimes. So. Um, How many have you recollected? So I recollected. I'd have to go look. So what I think it ended up being five and a half years, maybe six years worth. And what I did once I had them all together was I, I got binders for them and hangers to put them in. So you can actually go to my bookshelf and grab, let's say you want to look at something from 87. You can pull just the 87 binder and open it up and all the issues from 87 are in there. Wow. Or you can pull, yeah, so they're, and they're, they're it's, it's really kind of ridiculous how stupid I got on this project. But when you grab the binder... On, in the front, it has the Mad logo, and the year on the side binding, it has the Mad logo. And I'll post picture. I'll put a picture of yeah, it when we do this post. Um, were they always monthly or bi-monthly? So when we were younger, Mad was every month. Yeah. It was every month, and the big thing that set it out was they had glossy covers, yeah. but black and white pages, and they did not have any commercial advertising. They made all of their money off of just subscription Holy readers and newsstand stills. Yeah. So yeah. Me? So William William Gaines, the original publisher, who started off doing a lot of science fiction, horror, and um, suspense comics. It started Mad as their humor publication, and it by far became the biggest thing they did. But until his death, Mad Magazine never had any commercial advertising. Now, they had, they did satirical yeah, spoofs yeah. of yeah. real advertising, but it wasn't until much later that um, the company got sold and he passed away that they started taking commercial advertising. Oh, and wow. so... I don't remember exactly what year it was. I want to say it was in the, um, it was either in the late nineties or early two thousands. Was that late? It was pretty they late. They, they started doing advertising and they also went, um, for a little while when they were really struggling, they went to like quarterly publications. So it was only four times a year four that it got published yeah. and that's not including super specials, um, and things like that, which was just basically a collection and reprinted material. So they, um, they did that. So what was and during your... that time, so and it just recently got relaunched. They actually started over, I guess, about a year, year and a half ago. Now they moved operations from New York to California and started over with issue number one. Wow! So and now it is bi-monthly. So every every other month. Do you have a subscription or, now? Yes. Okay. I, okay. So we actually have two subscriptions. We have one at the house that I got Ruby when she turned eight, uh -huh. because that's when I started reading, <laughs> uh, and then I got one for the barbershop because oh, nice. I really wanted to try and support and do my part um, for the magazine. So it's very sad to me that it's ceasing publication. I feel like it's an, an American institution, and it's just it was a very sad day, and it touched me a lot more than. I really thought it would have gave me, as they say, the feels. Yeah. Getting old sucks, man. I mean, it that's does. for sure. And things like this are reminders of how things will never be the way they once were, which is always extremely sad to me. I, I, I obviously was not as big a fan as you were, but I loved reading it growing up. I love satire. I know we're both big Weird Al fans. Mm -hmm. So that kind of stuff has kind of gone by the wayside. I know the onion keeps it up a little bit which is great but it's there's nothing like mad or even was cracked kind of like the teen version of mad cracked was kind of like the b-list okay um, it was it was, it was um I, I would say this i would say cracked is to mad as gobots are to transformers Ooh, that's a slap across the face right there but. well i mean I, gobots had their had their cracked thing had some, yeah cracked had, Cr some, good cracked had some good stuff crack really found its audience later in the lifespan under the, the or the branding as kind of like an internet humor publication yeah that's where um, i read a bunch of that after the fact yeah well people don't really think about how much of a um pop culture icon mad really was i mean it was their 
famous scenes from movies of people reading Mad Magazine. I mean, not only did they have the magazine, they had trade paperbacks. They had a Hollywood film that yeah. they did. They had a, it had a television TV showing. Show. They yeah. put out records. I mean, pa- paperbacks, collections. I mean, it just was very, very prolific for a very long time. And completely honestly, I, I really suspected in my lifetime that it would cease publication. I just... Didn't want it to be so soon. Yeah, I mean, I thought maybe it'd be like when I got older, but I guess I guess that's kind of the way that all um, ink and paper stuff is going these days. You know, maybe Matt will find find a life um, as an online thing, kind of like Crack did later in its run. But uh, you know, they have sixty seven years worth of stuff that they yeah. can compile and re release. Like they could do a seventies compilation to yeah. put out, or they could do all their movie satires, or like they have a, a publication called The Lighter Side of, where they take an issue and just kind of poke fun at it, yeah. or Spy versus Spy. You know, all these different things they could they could do um, in compilation. Do they do a digital site where you can go in and look at it? They do the have way a digital. Everything is. To, I know it's sad, but people don't pick up papers and things they can hold in their hand that aren't. I don't, I don't think you can really go online and kind of read the archive um, because should. because of the fact that it's owned by DC and they're putting so much of their content online in their streaming service, which is going to be a streaming service not only for movies but also a digital archive of all their comic books. I imagine that all the mad back issues will end up in may may up in, on that site as part of that um, to to draw people in. But really, they don't have an incentive to sell it or try and give it to anybody else to make it better because they have sixty seven years worth of free material to draw from to make compilations and put stuff out at you know to check out at Barnes and Noble or and wherever they're saying else. They're going to continue doing that. They're right? probably going to continue doing that. Yeah, but it'll just be one or two a year, and it won't be new. Material. It's not going to be new material. No, you might get a new cover. Or a new back or something like that. I mean, they, they could do a whole publication of bad fold-ins. I mean, there's a thousand different things they could yeah. do. And I, and I apologize that I took up so much of this podcast talking about my experience. Let me didn't. read this before you're done. i got to interrupt you. This is from my friend. This is what he wrote. A small snippet. you got to read his whole uh, his whole diatribe for this. Matt is an American institution, the kind of which you don't see much of anymore. As a kid, it taught me to have a healthy suspicion of authority. taught me to have a sense of humor. That nothing was beyond reproach in terms of being a target for satire. Perhaps most importantly, it was often self-deprecating, showing me that you could be good at something and humble about it. It taught me to not take myself or the world too seriously. Thank you. Take care. Very well said. Bye-bye.